0: Now, The Greatest Story Never Told, with Miles and Thrill.
1: Oh yes, welcome to The Greatest Story Never Told podcast, we've made it to 67 episodes of this bad boy. You'd we think we'd run out of stories by now, we pretty well have. Uh, Keep in mind, if you'd like to be an unofficial sponsor of the Greatest Story Never Told podcast, all you have to do is make a uh, donation to one of the three local Fisher Houses in the area. Yes, if you go to fisherhouse.org, there will be a link for you to donate to the Fisher House in general across the United States. If you want to do that, that's great, but we highly recommend that you uh, uh, give to the local uh, three houses in the area, and we'll make you an unofficial sponsor Mm -hmm. of this uh, unofficial-type podcast today. And as we have uh, shared with you many stories... Of uh our travels together. We've been to Denver, Colorado, which was uh which was a crazy trip. Did we only go there once? Yes. Okay.
0: Do you remember anything about Denver, Colorado? I remember you talking about flies on the faces of children yes. to a group of strangers at a restaurant who want nothing to do with you. Right. Oh uh, hammered. Absolutely hammered. That's about it, man. Yeah. Uh, oh, and sitting at a bar where everything's crooked. You didn't know. Like so the it- floor is at a that it, this place is settled for so long we realized like our table slanted your drinks would slide one way you know what i mean it was
1: mm-hmm. it was weird woke up in a hotel room had no idea where in the hell i
0: was steve couldn't figure out how to flush the toilets. i sure couldn't <laughs> oh yeah you and couldn't then, find a button man i right. was taking a dump and it's like bro i hate to wake you up man but seriously like i don't know where to fly and it took you like another 10 minutes
1: yeah, yeah. where'd the button end up being I don't remember. I found it, eventually. But I was hammered, and I didn't even know where I was. I didn't. I opened up the curtain, and I was like, Steve, where are we? And at this point, he went back to sleep. And I was like, I don't know where we are, and I don't know why we're here. And I realized this is not a dream. I am physically here. <laughs> yeah, right. You see, earlier in the night, we decided when we flew into Denver that we had a friend who was playing at a, a local bar, right? Now, what we don't really too much understand about Denver – Never been in, being in Denver, and Steve, you grew up in Denver, so you know. You, I mean, you, I spent a year and a half there when a kid. You live there, but you don't really take into consideration how cities work until you get there as an adult, and you kind of figure out like, well, it's like going to Phoenix, Arizona. It's real, real spread out. And you might have, you know, like you're talking to your buddy, like, yeah, man, let's meet here for dinner. It's a 40-minute drive. Right. Yeah. You know, you don't realize how far everything, and Denver's a lot like that. We joke all the time about how far the airport is away. And We're not
0: joking time. about that. Yeah. That is not
1: a joke yeah. how far that, God right. damn. So uh, we've got a friend, Jamie, and she's playing, and uh, she's playing, her band's playing. We get in late, by the way, because we get off the air, we go down to SeaTac, we fly to Denver. It is maybe, we about land 11 11 o'clock, all right? But the hell with it, we're gonna try to make this gig. So we basically get in a cab, and I'm pretty sure we went straight. We so did to basically, the venue.
0: Yeah, we basically checked into the hotel and said, "Eff it, let's go check out her band." Right? Okay. And the name of the bar is
1: like Grizzly Rose. The Grizzly Rose or the Gypsy Rose. I, I remember because it was Grizzly. 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 It was exactly. Grizzly. You knew that-
0: you were in Colorado. Yeah. You know everything about that is
1: Grizzly Rose because you know it's very hard to sing uh, Tom Kiefer, The older you get from Cinderella, because it's just so hard to be scratchy. But I do remember for at least three days we were going around going like Grizzly Rose. Oh, that's right. Can't take me home. <laughs> we did do that a lot. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i think See, we annoyed everybody I, I forgot about Chris that Zero. <laughs> anyway so we're doing that. keep in
0: you, mind part of the reason we did that is so we could remember the name of the place, place. <laughs> right so we roll into this bar it is
1: a complete biker bar Yeah. we pull up and i swear mike there are 100 perfectly lined up harley davidsons like if you went to a harley davidson dealer Mm-hmm. This is how they would line these bikes up, man. I mean, it was like professionals did it. I know exactly that view. And it's like, you know, like. Well, the all first
0: I... rule was do not touch, touch any of them. Walk, right. Because then we have to deal with yeah. everyone. Right. And we're kind of hammered anyway because we just got off the plane. They're still playing. All right. So we get to the front of the door. Wait, wait. I just want to point out one thing. You have to walk. You have to walk from the street to the front door of this place is a little bit of a walk. Not very far, but it's at night. So we just see the silhouettes of people. All right. And these Because you're not in the city anymore. This is a slightly different location. All Miles said to me was this. We get out of the cab. We're kind of surveying. Like, we see the Harleys. We see the silhouettes of people. Miles just said, back to back, throw haymakers. We'll meet back at the hotel. Understood. <laughs> if anything if, happens. If it's going to come to this, man, <laughs> right, just do just, the best you can, right? And then we'll just meet at the hotel. That was the entire conversation. Right. We understood that. So I swear to you, we walk in. We're on the list, by the way. Oh, right? yeah.
1: So, you know, but this time, though, they've, they've shut down Will Call because it's almost midnight, right? And uh, Hell's Bells is up on stage playing. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, as soon as we walk in the door, Jamie goes, thank you, everyone. Thank you, Chris and Rose. Good night. Now, this time, it's like, oh, God, it's it's last call. Like we Now we're up, just here. We run up. We get a beer. Now we're in this place. Uh, you know, we, we did find Jamie and talk to her and hang out. I, I've got this 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 weirdo who will not stop following me around. It was this it was girl bizarre.
0: just determined that she thought Miles was sexy and awesome and blah blah blah. And it's right. not like she was drunk and overt. It's not one of those. Things. No, that's almost easier to deal with. This girl, she was very kind, sober. She was very cordial,
1: just infatuated. But it, but
0: it makes it right. It makes it more difficult, you know, because the drunk person like, hey, come on, dumbass, and they kind of get it. right. This girl was so nice and pleasant, but I love the fact that she liked Miles and not me. So <laughs> Miles would make himself hard to find every once in a while, but but she could find me. So she would come up to me and hey, uh, and she's trying to be subtle. Hey, uh, where's your friend? And I'm straight up like, there he is. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm like, damn it. <laughs> so so I go backstage. All right, this is perfect. I can go backstage.
1: There's still beer back there. I know some friends back there. I'm gonna go backstage. I turn around, she is two feet behind. <laughs> She's I'm right like, Helena,
0: F, did you get backstage? <laughs>
1: you know, like this is amazing. So anyway, uh, we ended up uh, we ended up going checking into our hotel room uh, that night. We did not get into a fight. We did not get into arrest arrested uh, or anything that night. Uh, that was the night, though. I did wake up and not know where we were. Steve couldn't flush the toilet after leaving just an incredible
0: heater. And then I I believe- now keep in mind, it's in the middle of the night, dude, and we are. We're still hammered, right? So I take a drunk poop. Ugh. There's nothing good about this experience. And you fit. you know, one thing about a toilet, either it's a lever on the side, maybe it's a button up top. Well, the Denver Sheridan, I believe, mm-hmm. state, it's neither of those. All right. So now I realize, like, I have dropped a huge deuce. It reeks. I want to flush it away. I cannot find how you flush the toilet. So now I flip the light on, which I did not want to do, right? Because... You're just drunk. It's bright. It's the middle of the night everywhere else. I still cannot find this goddamn button to flush the toilet. So finally, I'm like, hey, man, I hate to wake you up out of a drunken stupor, but I don't want you to wake up to the heater. you got to help me find (laughs) out how to flush the toilet, man. Marley, what do you mean you can't flush the toilet? I said, bro, it's not that I can't flush it. I don't know where the button is. How stupid are you? Blah, blah. So I'm thinking Miles is going to go in there in 15 seconds. I don't look like an idiot. Then I hear Miles like, Jesus Christ. where?" Yeah. At, that is so, awful in the toilet. I'm like, I know. We
1: get up in the morning. <laughs> I'm like, all right. So I, <laughs> That's a I real do story, I, I do what I typically do. I like start looking at Yelp and trying to figure out what is the local fare in Denver. You know, mm-hmm. like what is the thing? You're in Chicago. You know, there's Italian hot beef sandwiches. There's deep dish pizza. There's steak. I mean, yeah, there's so many different things you can eat there. Uh, it's just crazy decadent food, Midwestern stuff. But uh, Denver, I'm like, well, what is the signature thing to eat in Denver?
0: You already know what it is. You've heard of. It.
1: Rocky Mountain oysters. No, 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 no,
0: no. The Denver omelet. The Denver oh, omelet. It begins and ends. That, that's basically it. Right. That's all that. I mean, like eggs, bro. Yeah, that's no disrespect. <laughs> eggs now, with ham in it. Now I mean. we're sitting
1: in an oyster bar in Denver, which is a scary proposition because why in the hell would you, you know the get closest there? place to get oysters <laughs> in Denver? And they're like Pin Cove mussels. I'm like, oh, this crap. Is, well, this was probably on the plane right. with us as we <laughs> right. came in. Like, Jesus Christ. So anyway, uh, we do the Great American Beer Festival. It was cool. A men's Room Original Red actually won an award that year. Nice for uh, it was uh, it was a specialty category because it wasn't technically considered what you consider like a Scottish red or an imperial red. Um, it was a and it wasn't really an IPA. It's kind of a blend that uh, Dick Cantwell came up with of a a couple different things. It's a unique tasting beer. It's very Mm -hmm. delicious. But because of that, it won a silver and
0: one year it won a bronze award. But understand, that doesn't mean you came in second or third place. The way they do this, to win a gold medal, you basically have to check all of the boxes. So 10 different beers can win a silver medal in the same beer category. It just depends how many boxes you check. But this beer, it turns out, it is an Mm award-winning beer. It's very highly thought of. Right. Which is so, crazy because our name's attached to it.
1: So I guess on this uh, Greatest Story Never Told podcast, since we've been thinking about the one thing that we never wanted to do uh, is never not be able to leave town. And trust me, as much as we love Seattle, Washington, it's nice to get away. It's nice to see family. It's nice to get some sunshine. It's nice, it's to, nice to get away. In, in general, you know what I mean? And, and um, when we even go out of town with our significant others, uh, you would think that the debauchery would end a little. It gets It gets toned down. Because of the significant other
0: but you have It becomes to, covert. There are certain no. <laughs> things like look, I'm on vacation. All right? so there are oh, so certain it's like pain in the
1: grass where you guys just hide the stuff that you do. Mm-hmm. That's, exactly yeah. it. That's, it. That's, That's exactly it.
0: That's it. That's exactly it. but like I can't let my wife might even suspect what I'm up to. But if unless you have irrefutable proof, it's plausible deniability. It doesn't matter if she knows I'm lying, she can't mm-hmm. prove that I am. Right. Because I do everything without her noticing, for the most part. For the most part, yeah.
1: So uh, a couple, couple things. Uh, I'll give you a couple examples. This goes back many years ago, but I was in Ocho Rios, Jamaica. Now, one of the things that they had in Ocho Rios was was you could rent the horses. And the brochure looks like you know, like you're riding this like white Fabio, horse, right? You know what I mean? The other person's got a just dark black stallion. You're riding through the water. The wind's blowing. You know? Well, then you get there. And you realize that the horses are just completely dilapidated. Right, They're, They're, they are raggedy ass. They horse. look like crap. I mean, they've been through the ringer. <laughs> They're not getting fed. So, decide this is not my idea of uh, an ideal thing. But the the route that you went on to take this uh, to take this this ride was a very scenic uh, route. You went up a hillside. It dropped you down into a cove. And then you kind of uh, rode the horse back on the beach to the where the stables were. So they had a loop pretty much. You'd go up in the mountains and come back down and you finish on the beach, you know, right. in the romantic kind of way. Well, I decided anyway, like, look, not going to ride the horses, but I will hike the loop, right? Mm-hmm. Not a good idea when you realize uh, what horses do to a trail, how much they damage them, the fact that you're walking in horse shit basically for, you know, miles <laughs> in right. a time. So I decided to take this four-mile trek up into the hillside of Ocho Rios. And at some point in time, I kind of see where I can kind of peel over and just cut this thing a little bit quick and start heading down. Because I can see where it goes to the top of the ridge. I'd already been up to the top of the ridge, took a couple pictures, came back down. I'm going to go this way and see what's down there. So I start walking down this trail, right? And all of a sudden, I hear this guy say, hey. And I'm like, I can't see anything. I mean, I'm, not, I'm just walking. I still don't see this guy. It's like in a jungle, right? And he's wearing all green camo. The camo actually works, and I almost walk into him. He's standing in the middle of the trail. He's got a machine gun. He's like, "What are you doing here?" And I'm like, "I'm hiking. What are you doing, <laughs> man?" I'm like going up, and I'm going to go around and go down there. He's like, "No, you're not." And I'm like, "Okay." <laughs> um, and, uh, and he's like, "He's like, look, uh, we're guard." He's like, "There's a field in there. You-, you can't go in there." And I'm like, "Okay, man, that's." Isn't that something like you're not gonna? I'm trembling, like this guy's got a machine, gun. (laughs) right? So, I was like, Hey, man, I gotta know. Uh, there's a house that I just passed before I cut down this trail, and it's got like this old 72 Mercedes that's cherry that's sitting in a carport underneath this really nice house. And I said, Whose house is that, man? He's like, Oh, he's like, That's Burning Spears house. Do you want to see the car? (laughs) And I'm like, Hell yeah, I want to see the car. (laughs) So, then the dude who the machine gun telling me to get the F out. We walk about 100 yards, 200 yards down. He opens the gate like he works there. And we go in, and I look at this car. And it was like stepping back in time. The car was immaculate. It was was insane. It was like it came off the showroom floor. It was like a 74 Mercedes. I mean, it was cherry as can be. Nothing was cracked. The leather was fine. The paint was perfect. It was the damnedest thing. So anyway, I did end up getting weed from this guy. (laughs) All right. Uh, But I went went down the trail the way that I came in instead of going up on the beach and all that stuff. So that was the first time that I thought I was going to die trying to buy drugs. The second time I thought I was going to die was in Puerto Rico in San Juan in a ghetto where this guy basically told me, get out or you're going to be shot. So I was so just pissed off because I was like, "That's where they told me to go." So I was in the ghetto anyway. I'm checking out the Carmelo Anthony because basketball old. court. You know what I mean? It's well, that's what they call it. They call it the ghetto. It's yeah,
0: called the ghetto
1: because it is. Because I go to the ghetto, <laughs> so I'm just I'm like, "Oh God, my heart's beating again; it's racing." I get in the cab and like he's like, "Dude, what are you doing down there?" I'm like, "Man, I was looking for some drugs." He's like, "What do you want?" I was like, "Man, I'm looking for weed. He's like, I got a weed, coke, I got all this stuff. What do you want?" <laughs> I'm like, "You've got to be kidding me!" It's a cab driver. So I almost died there basically. Then there was one more time in uh, Puerto Vallarta, and this was like around 11 o'clock. I come out, and uh, I'm talking to one of the guys at the bar because I went up to pay my tab because it was one of those things where it was getting late. But in Mexico, you have to remember, you need to be kind of patient. But my wife <laughs> yes, wasn't feeling yes. very good, and we needed to leave because she had to go to the bathroom, et etc. Cetera, et cetera. So I go to the bar to use my card to say, hey, if it's okay, we're going to ring out and cash out. The guy standing next to me goes, hey, man, where are you from? I was like... Ah, uh, man, I'm from Seattle. There's a lot of people in Mexico who know a lot of people up and down the West Coast. Absolutely. And you'd be Absolutely. shocked. From B.C. Shocked.
0: through California. You know. Make the whole it's almost like, I-5. Yeah. They know you.
1: It's like the East Coast of the United States. It, it, Mexico is just Florida. You know what I mean? Like, you know somebody right. in any of these towns. And, uh, you know, we're we're talking about the fact that we've just been in San Diego. And the guy's like, I'm from San Diego, but I got a brother who lives in Seattle, like Puyallup or some crap or whatever. And, uh, he's, and I'm like, hey, man, you know, I'm looking for weed, man. You, can you give me any drugs? So he's like, oh, hell yeah, man. That's what I do for a living. He's like, I'm down here helping my brother. I'm from San Diego. He's like, I help him run the cartel. So I'm like, OK, well, that's, <laughs> that's cool. So, uh, so, he gives, so we go outside, and we're on this dark corner, and I'm using the ATM. And now two other people come up behind me that are with him. Now, the two other people that came up behind me actually brought the drugs. Right. But my wife doesn't know that. And she's watching me take this money out at about 11.30 at night out of a corner ATM. And the two other guys have guns. And I'm like, oh, God. So I didn't get rolled on the ATM. But I did give the guy the money. He's like, hey, man, here's my number. Call me anytime. And then he slipped a little nug of uh, something else in there for me, too. Mm-hmm. So by the time I got home, I was like, ah! <laughs> yeah. But I thought I was going to die that night based on the fact. And it's always about buying drugs. Like, sure. it never fails. It's like it's always the same crap for me. You know, but uh, I've done some dumb things, you know, outside of. Uh, well, sure. You know,
0: because I need drugs. But they always ask. <laughs> Usually, and maybe it's just being a black guy with tattoos. If I go to a foreign country, one of the first questions they ask me, and I don't mean the concierge at a hotel, but I mean to someone on the street, do you want drugs? Yes. What do you have? Then we have the conversation. We figure it out. But uh, I went to the Bahamas with a girlfriend, not my wife, but a chick I was dating before her. And I kept saying on the plane, man, I really just want to score some weed. I'm just not sure how I want to go about it. So we land in the Bahamas. We check into the hotel. First order of business is go to the beach. All right. So we have been here for 20 minutes. We are now headed to the beach. When we get to the beach, these two dudes start walking toward me. Big man, big man. I'm like, what's up, man? Do like, you want to buy some marijuana? I was like, Yeah, I do. So we rolled over his truck. I buy some weed, and I'm like, How did you know to? Approach? I mean, like, I just walked on the beach. And he just points at my chest, right? And I look down, and I'm wearing this button-up shirt. I was off by two buttons. So <laughs> he's like, judgment's called, man. So the thing is, so I get the weed. and I was completely sober. I just missed the buttons. I get the weed. Uh, now I'm excited to smoke the weed, but I have nothing to smoke it with. No problem. Make myself a little bowl, and they'll try to just pop the screen out of the bottom of the uh, bathroom faucet, right? I cannot get the screen out for the life of me. Now it gets to the point where the girlfriend's even like, why don't we just buy something? But I'm a guy. But now I'm obsessed and I'm going to finish this. So I'm like, no, God damn it. I'm going to get this thing out. It took almost an hour and a half, right? I finally popped the screen out. It's plastic. Aww. It's not. And I lose my s. But then I realize the little balcony we have, you know what? I'm just going to cut it off the screen. <laughs> Obviously, I'm not the only one who's had this thought. I opened the sliding glass door. I'm like it. 20% of that screen had to have been cut out. And it's all these, li- and I realized like everyone that stays in this hotel has popped the thing out of the sink, gotten pissed, come over here, and cut it out of the screen. So it's almost like carving your initials in a tree where everyone else has already carved their initials. You know, I'm like, I'm just in a long yeah. line of potheads. And the weed was crap. Man. Oh,
1: mm. no. But
0: my favorite, getting weed, uh, I was smoking a cigarette. So in Mazatlan, they have a thing called uh, pulmonias, which means pneumonia. And it's called that because they're just gas-powered golf carts. But they go up and down the boardwalk. And these things are great, man. They'll get you almost anywhere. So I'm smoking a cigarette. Thing pulls up, put out the cigarette, hop in the back. And the guy goes, oh, you uh, you Fulmater smoke, right? I go, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you smoking a marijuana? I said, I sure do. You want to buy some? I sure do. Now, my wife's with me on this one, all right? So this guy goes, all right. So he picks up his cell phone. He's driving us into pulmonia. They on average choose to drive about 25 miles an hour. Okay. And it's again, this is up and down the boardwalk. He makes a phone call. He's like, I got it hooked up. And now we pull off the boardwalk and we're going into residential areas. Right. And I never feel particularly uncomfortable. The guy does not strike me as that kind of guy, but you're still not sure. And I'm kind of getting mean mugged by the wife, like, hey, do you know where we're going? I'm just like, ah, oh, relax, relax, relax. So we go flying down the street, and it looks like a family reunion, but it's not really that. But it had to be 20 people kind of standing outside, little kids. Everyone's having a good time. But this guy guns it up to about 40 miles an hour in this thing. And I see this woman kind of walks to the sidewalk, and as he drives by, she cocks back her arm and throws something (laughs) at the – but I don't realize what's going on. So remember the old Styrofoam, like, Big Mac containers McDonald's used So there's a bunch of rubber bands around that, and this thing lands in a passenger seat. Next to the dude who's driving, that's his wife. She got the (laughs) weed ready for me, and so that you don't ever stop the drug dealers or not. I mean, she throws this thing like a baseball, and obviously they've done this a lot. This thing lands in there, I got 40 bucks of weed, and 40 bucks of weed in Mexico is a lot of weed. So we keep making eyes in his rearview mirror, and I realize... There's more conversation to be had. So he drives us to the hotel. I told my wife, I'm like, go ahead and babe, I'm going to pay him. So she gets out, goes across the street. We immediately negotiate a few more drug sales.
1: Because he's like, basically, he said,
0: look, I've been around the block, man. So I know to always start with weed, you know. And he's like, husbands are always in. And then I have other drugs that I can offer. But I know usually it's way for the wife to get out. But he goes, you said what every guy says. Right. Hey, baby, I'll take care of it. So he came back about 20 minutes later. Hooked me up with the real good stuff and uh, had a hell of a good time. Right. I'll
1: leave you with uh, one final quick story, uh, just to give you an idea. This is I just think it's funny as far as the world of travel goes. When Steve and I went down to uh, uh, the Super Bowl, we went down with my wife and our friend. All right, now just remember this: my, my wife and her friend are professional. I'll call straight-laced people, all right? <laughs> okay. So they do, not, Professionally they do not They do not. come down to our level of
0: debauchery. They are professional
1: fun police. Like, they think that we are ridiculous, both of them. And in, are in like, I can't believe you do that much of anything. So anyway, <laughs> we, we wake up in the morning we're going to leave. Ravens have won. We're excited. We go to the bar first thing because we're going to get on a plane. We go to the bar and the casino that we're staying at. So we start drinking before we get into the car to come back to the airport. So, we got a pretty good buzz on. We smoked the the rest of the weed that I got on me. Now we're heading to the airport. The blocks the airport. We're going to fly home. Steve and I look like complete sh. (laughs) All right. We we have been, I mean, we didn't get into one o'clock in the morning. Right, right. We got up in the morning and started drinking again. We're hammered again. And our team won. So, you're real celebratory. It's not even 11 o'clock in the morning. We're like rolling into the airport at 10 o'clock. And we look like, we look like ass, right? So, Steve and I go through the TSA just like (laughs) he can't find his passport I'm looking for my ID like oh we go through we turn around TSA has pulled my wife and buddy aside (laughs) and they're going to give them the full check we just cruised right through (laughs) no questions asked they pulled the straight laced people aside started patting them
0: down it did feel good I'm like yeah (laughs) see what happens
1: you're not a debaucherist there's your greatest story never told podcast You've been listening to The Greatest Story Never Told with Miles and Thrill on Radio.com. Oh man!
0: A Double Flush production.